son of the living God? To this, Jesus replied, you are blessed. I want you to write that down. Write that down. Put a note somewhere on that. You are blessed. First note, Simon, son of, jo of John, of Bar-Jonah. Because my father in heaven has revealed that to you. When he says reveal, this is not he's brought it to your memory. Or he's allowed you to see it. This is only God could have allowed you to experience his presence so deeply that through me that you knew who I was. Because the Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human. Let me say, you, do you see that? You did not learn it. You, it. It was not imparted to your brain. You did not have to think about this and assess who Jesus may or may not be. It just came to you from heaven. I'm going somewhere this morning with that. Now I say to you that you, Peter, can I interject that what he's saying to Peter on this occasion also applies to you right now. You're watching us, hundreds, and I believe uh, because we've moved to Africa and we're also broadcasting in the Caribbean, there are thousands of people looking at us. What Jesus said to Peter then is being said to you. The difference is whether or not you will take ownership of it. The food is already on the table. The placemats are put down. The best dinnerware is there. The knives and forks are set properly in their position. The hot food is out the oven and it's on the table. All you have to do is decide when or if you will eat. And because of this, Jesus says to him, first of all, you're blessed. Second, you, Peter, you, Austin, you, Davian, you, Odessa, you, Joy, you, 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 you are the one, the rock on which I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Verse 19, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven Whatever you forbid on earth is going to be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I want you to get this basic tenet down. The reason that Jesus could proclaim this at the end in verse 19 is because of first the acknowledgement and ownership of who Jesus really is. Yeah. 
Peter didn't just say, you're, you're the Messiah because I've spent time with you. He said that because he had literally experienced the power that came with the Messiah. If you are here this morning, you may have already entered into the relationship with the Messiah, but you have not entered into the power of the Messiah. And if you do not step into that power, you are lacking a gift that God wants to give you. I challenged someone the other day that said to me, it's about a week ago, said, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm tired of churches and pastors that are, that are operating with no anointing and, and no authority and no power. And the church is dying in America because there's no power, no anointing. And I listened on and on and on and on and on. And about five minutes in, I said, and where is your power? I, I want it. I need some. And where is your power? Go, go ahead. I, I, as humble as I am right now, I'm saying to you, go, I need you. If you are operating differently from what you're telling me, from what you're complaining about, please, I'm sitting right here. Lay hands on me. I'm chiding and challenging anyone watching on our feed. Don't put your mouth on it if you're not an example of it. If you're not walking in power, don't talk about lack of power. If you're not committed, do not talk about lack of commitment in church. If you're undependable and you're like a broken tooth in the mouth, as soon as, 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 as the church, you bite down on that, on that individual for help, it creates pain. Do you guys know some people like that? They're fine. They are completely fine. They look great, talk great, until some pressure is applied to their broken tooth cells. And then there's pain all over. Anyone and everyone around them feels the pain. Why? Because they have been living as broken teeth in the body of Christ. Oh, get me going off on that tangent. The church in America is distracted. We've become satisfied with the way things are. Common sense is not common anymore. Senseless aggression is the theme on the world stage, Ukraine. Decent morals are being marginalized and, and righteous attitudes are criticized. And now there's been an unleashed behavior pattern in America that I call twisted Christianity that wants you to move away. Listen to me carefully because somebody is going to say I said something that I did not say and I want you to be able to repeat it. 
The church has stopped being the church that Jesus called. We have moved away from personally inspecting spiritual and moral fruit of the people we align with. And you know why that is before I move on? Because most of us, if not all of us, understand that the minute you start inspecting some fruit, some inspection is going to be done of your fruit. So the best way to stay out of inspection is to not inspect. Well, the only thing that Jesus said is, judge not that you may not be judged. And the reason he said that was because to be a judge, you have to have complete knowledge of both sides of the issue. I am unable to judge you because I don't know everything about you to be able to judge. It is the essential difference between judging and inspecting fruit. When the Bible talks about judging so you don't, you're not judged, it is simply saying, inspect your own fruit. It couldn't have been judged as in tell people, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. Why? Because you don't know all the facts. The only reason a judge is able to judge in a court is because he believes that the attorneys on both sides of the case has presented all of the pertinent facts to support their client's claim. When last have you spoken to somebody that you had all the per pertinent facts of their life so that you could give an up or down vote on them? And yet the church persists in this behavior. We have per moved away from personally inspecting the spiritual and moral fruit of the people we align with. And instead, I'm not talking to unsafe, to safe folk, I mean unsafe folk here. Non-Christians are going to be non-Christians. I'm talking about Christian folk in America. And instead, we have used the broad paintbrush of political preferences as criteria for Christian brotherhood, for unity, and cause for religious distancing. The reason I've used preference, I'm, as a matter of fact, I don't need to say any more on that. We have replaced becoming personally involved in our fate, aligning yourself with people who are going in the same direction with you in their spirit and in their moral value. To do that, you got to build a relationship. I can't walk up to you, have never seen you before, never met you in Piggly Wiggly or Food Lion and start telling you about yourself. I don't know you like that. To be able to inspect, you got to spend time, make friends, or, or, 
or just plain be like Jesus. Oh, Lord, help me. I don't know about you, but my conclusion, or I conclude by saying it is time. It is high time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and own your declaration. By the way, that's what we're talking about today. I'm owning my declaration. I'm owning my declaration. Here was the first question that we went back to. I know what everyone else is saying about me. I know what everyone else has concluded that I am. But the question to you is, who do you say that I am? Who, who do you know me to be? Who have you figured out me to be? That's a big question this morning. That is a huge question. It is a huge question because you cannot take ownership of that. You cannot declare that you are the, you, the answer that Peter gave. You are the Messiah. You cannot say that, Joy, unless you have a relationship with the Messiah. He said, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the sent one, the expected king, the deliverer. Do you think you can say all of those things in the word Messiah if you don't have a relationship with God? The world has made us a laughing stock, a, 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 an object of mockery, because everywhere you look, folks led by religiosity and filled with religious spirits are walking around saying, I'm a believer, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I love God. Here it is. These men are servants of the Most High God. Hear them. Hear them. That's the word of God coming out of his mouth. Let me tell you, I am asking God more and more and more and more. God, give me the spirit of discernment. God, give me vision instead of sight because I cannot, I will not tolerate anyone filled with religious spirits coming and giving me acolytes. I don't want your attaboy. I don't want your good preacher. I don't want your, you, that message was blessed. I don't want nothing. Because every time someone says that, that's not living that, they are cursing me under the guise of a blessing. Of course, the curse won't work, but they're cursing anyway. And if I could discern you before you get to me, or one of our leaders discern you, then you will not get close to me. Yes. 
Messiah. I know. You are the Christ. I know. You are the sent one. You, you, you are the expected king, the, the deliverer. I know because you delivered me. I want to look at three points, three things that you and I have to be very careful about. If you are going to own the declaration, if you are going to say with confidence, you are the Messiah because you delivered me. You are the Messiah. You, you healed me. You are the Christ. You, you, you broke the curse in my life. Want to look at three B's. Comes from, first one is First Peter, 2 and 9. But you, but ye are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. And the peculiar or special people that you may proclaim. Go ahead and say that I may proclaim. That I may proclaim. That I may proclaim. God said, I, this is, this is what God says about you. You are chosen. You're royal. You're holy. You're special. And these things so that your life becomes a proclamation of praise unto me, the one who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Point one, you have got to believe what he said about you. You cannot stand or allow to seep into your spirit what you're feeling about you. What other people tell you about you, Alfredo. What your boss has said about you. What your neighbor has said about you. What some angry employee said about you. You cannot, you cannot allow it to get into your spirit. When it comes at you, jump right into the, the lake of worship and start worshiping God. Jump right into the river of worship and start worshiping God. When it comes at you and it's negative, wash it off with the water of the word of God and say, God, I know I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You gotta believe, you gotta believe, you gotta believe. The, the church, the, I, to, I told you what the church is going, looking like right now. And the first, the first thing is that we have not been able to believe. Believe what God has already said about you. He did not make up a story to coincide with, with what you are or what you were yesterday. He created this scenario. 
He created this template of information and he put it in the word of God about you before you were ever born. Hallelujah. Oh, God. He said to the prophet, before you were formed, not, not an embryo. No, no, he's going beyond that. Before you were even formed, before your parents talked about maybe trying for a child, I knew you. Who? God, thank you, Jesus. I knew you. Oh, oh, it's giving me the wiggles right there. I knew you, Andrew Ross. Before your dad and mom got together. I knew you before you began to show in your mom's stomach. I knew you before the test could say she was pregnant. I knew you and I chose you. I called you royal before you got here. I called you righteous before you got here. I called you my child before you got here. I called you blessed before you got here. I called you, I called you before you got here. You gonna let somebody else take that from you? Are you gonna let the devil allow some person to come along and mess your day up? When you know that what is said about you was declared before you even were formed? You gonna make God out to be a liar? The second B, believe. The second B comes from John 9 and 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when nobody can work. Second B, build now what he's asking you to do. You don't have any more time. You don't have any more time. I don't care if you're, if you're seven 17 or 70, you do not have any more time. He's saying, build now. I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. You know why? Because if you're walking on two feet right now and you get a stroke, you have a stroke this afternoon, paralyzes one side of your body, you don't have to be physically dead, but you're still out of the game. For whatever you were doing, you're now dead to it. You take a nap this afternoon and you wake up with no sight. Whatever you were capable of doing before that nap has just died. You've got to restart your life in a different way. There are many ways to die, guys. There are many ways to die. And I am confident that I'm saying the right thing when I say that many Christians have, have been living dead lives. And it's not debt to sin. It's debt to purpose. Oh, we want to clean sin up. We want to confess our sin. We want to ask God to wash us. But when he washes you and cleans you and, and prunes you and does all of this stuff with you, what use am I to him, mama, if I'm not doing 
I must work the works. The first B, you got to believe what God said about you. The second, you got to be willing and ready to build now what he's asked you to build. Many of you know what God has been telling you. You were supposed to step out and say, Pastor, I don't know how this is going to work, but can we both pray in to me serving or one of the leaders? Because as we move along, as, I, as we expand, those things will have to be spoken by faith to one of the leaders. And I'm telling you right now, if you have enough faith to step out and say, I don't know where God is putting, wants me to work right now, but I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Would you help me to pray out what God has got purpose for me to do? There is going to be at least two or three leaders in our church that will agree to even fast for you. Why? Because we have a sense that when you get into purpose, when you get in line with what God is commanding you to build, you will be a freight train that cannot be stopped, cannot be hindered, cannot be shaken, cannot be derailed, cannot be moved. You are going to go through barriers, go through obstacles, go through breakups, go through bends, and you will accomplish. Got to believe, you got to build now. Number three, remember now, these are all, I own my declaration. You got to own this stuff. You have got to own this stuff. You've got to say it to your mind and in your head and out of your mouth until your brain believes it. First Chronicles 12, 32 of the sons of Issachar who had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. You got to know how to beckon folks to follow now. You have got to know how to beckon someone else to follow now. I'm telling you, it is the other thing that's killing the church. Believers that are calling themselves believers but cannot evangelize. There is no other religion in the world that runs away from confrontation more than Christians. I want you to hear this and hear it well. We run away, we run away from interaction with a Muslim. We run away from interaction with a, a Jehovah's Witness. We run away from interaction with a Mormon. You see them coming up, riding their bike or whatever, in a white shirt or whatever. They come knocking on your door. You're hiding. How come we are always hiding and they're always approaching? Tell, tell me something. Tell me. I want to know. The main reason is we, 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 we are hungry. We, are, we have followed the way of the world. We are hungry for the bread and fish. 
but we are not hungry for the giver of the bread and fish. So when it comes to spiritual knowledge, we, 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 we are not grounded. We're not grounded. We're not grounded. Can I say it again? The sons of Issachar understood the times, guys. They understood the time. When you understand the times that you're living, that we're living in, you're going to be able to pray right. And if you're praying right, you will be affected by the right prayer that you're praying. And that rightness will attract others to listen to you. Some of you are already experiencing this breakthrough. You're wondering about how come folks that never listened to you before are suddenly want to give ear to you. You're wondering why, why, why they're suddenly just seeing the importance of, of kind of hearing what you got to say. Well, well, if you haven't realized that you've been pressing in and not realize how much you've been pressing in, you've been hungering and thirsting and not realize how much you've been hungering and thirsting, that's the result of hungering and thirsting. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness, what, what, what's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to them? They're going to be filled. They're going to overflow. They're going to be running continuously. They're going to have something to give. When something is asked, they will have something to give. When something is required, they're not going to be empty. I want to end by saying this again. I don't know about you, but my conclusion is this. It is high time, guys. It is high time. It's high time. It is high time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and own, own your declaration. Own your declaration. Own your declaration. Look, look, look at someone, the person next to you, and tell them, I'm owning my declaration. I'm owning my declaration. Go ahead and start, start saying that, because we're coming in right now. Tell somebody, I'm owning my declaration. If you're not saying it, you're not going to guess with me on these last five minutes. I'm owning my declarations. As a believer, I'm owning my declarations. I'm owning my declarations. Devil, I'm more sure than I've ever been about who I am in God. I'm more sure than I've ever been about what God has said about me. I'm more sure than I've ever been about what God wants to use me for. I'm more sure than I've ever been the quality of my life based on God's word. I'm more sure than I ever been and you can't take it away from me. You can't take it away from me. When it comes to my provision, I'm going to say, and my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, Philippians 4, 19. And without faith, it is impossible to please God for whoever would draw near to God and believe that he exists will know that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 and 1. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Has anybody been brought out of a land of Egypt? Can you identify your Egypt this morning? Can you identify the place where God brought you out of? That he says, open your mouth wide. <laughs> And I will fill it. I got my mouth open this morning. I said, I got my mouth open this morning. 
I got my mouth. Feel it, Lord. I got my mouth open this morning. You are my provider. Feel it. I'm opening my mouth in worship. I'm opening my mouth in praise. I'm opening my mouth in thanksgiving. Feel it, Lord. 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 That was Psalms 81 and 10. Woo, Lord. For the Lord God is the sun and the shield. When I read that, I kept saying the sun and shield, but then it, I understand it came to me. For, for my God is light and protection. <laughs> Woo! Oh, my Lord. Oh, my, for the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk upright. Psalms 84, 11. But seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. I don't know, I, I, the devil has lied to some folks that he's got us looking. When you hear righteousness, we're thinking perfection. God did not say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its perfection. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, meaning that you have a hunger and thirst after, do, after, after doing stuff right. It's in your heart to do right, even when you do wrong. It's in your heart to walk right, even when you slip up. It's in your heart to behave and speak right, even when, when you flesh out and the wrong thing comes out. When God looks at you, he sees what came out, but he looks deeper and he says, but her heart is still yearning after me. Her heart is still thirsting after me. His heart still longs for me. I could be in relationship with this person because their heart is still right for me. Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he towards the craving of the wicked, Proverbs 10 and 3. That's all about his provision. That's all about his provision. You want to hear just a, a, one, a couple more? I'm going to give you some on healing. <laughs> Psalms 103, 2 and 3, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquity, who heals all my diseases. Oh, surely he has borne our griefs, our sickness, our weakness, our distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains and punishment, and with the stripes that he bore by his stripes, because of his stripes, I am healed I am healed I'm 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 healed Isaiah 53 I'm healed I'm healed I'm healed I'm healed who himself bore our sin in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed First Peter 2.24, Matthew 8.17, he himself took, he carried away our weakness and infirmity and bore our diseases. I'm owning my declaration this morning. I'm owning my declaration. Is there something that you, that you have been holding on to? 
because you think God is going to reject you based on what you did, how you behaved, how you fleshed out. No, 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 no. How is your heart, baby? How is your heart? Do you have a heart that is saying, God, I'm the biggest mess up you ever seen, but my heart loves you. I have been an embarrassment to the kingdom on many occasions, but I just want you to know I love you, God. And today, I'm taking ownership one more time of my declaration. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness. Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider. You care for me. You never slumber nor sleep. I will trust you. I will trust in you. I will trust you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Let the weak say I am strong. Woo! <laughs> oh, God. If you're listening to me, if you're in this auditorium, God is trying to get you to a place of, de of declaration. Whatever has been going on in your, in your life, one more time, declare who you are. Declare how he sees you. 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 There's nothing more painful for a, a parent to have a child that you will die for that will look you in the eye and tell you I know you don't love me I'm not coming back here because of a little tiff because of one angry word because of a short five minute argument an immature child don't understand the depth of intimacy that it takes to be in a disagreement and come back together and find peace father right now you're watching online you're here in the auditorium I'm leading in the sinner's prayer I'm leading in the sinner's prayer say it after me dear father I'm coming as your child, I'm coming. As your child, come on, everyone, everyone. This is not the sinner's prayer. This is, a, this is a declaration of who you are in God. I'm coming as your child. Wash me. Purify me. Prune me. Use me. I declare that you are God. I declare that you're my healer. I declare that you're my best friend. I declare that you're my provider. I declare that you're the one who builds me up. I declare you're God of my life. Take possession, Lord. 
take possession, Lord. Take possession, Lord. Take ownership, Lord, of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give God a hand this morning? the God and your leadership when I tell you that these two gentlemen have a heart for God. But myself and Derek have sat down and had heart-to-heart -heart talks about the passion he has for God's work and the commitment. We've dealt with pain, my own pains, and we've, he's cried with me. Many, many mornings on a Sunday, Scott, are you? If you know anything about Scott Prentice, normally, when he's serving, you don't see him a lot because he's up on the audio and video feed area. But he normally arises when he's here and not managing. He's here about eight o'clock. And so many a Sundays I've had, I've come and walked around the sanctuary and didn't have breakthrough. Something was pressing me and it just so happened that many times on those days, I would come over to the sanctuary and Scott Prentice would be here, up there. And I would go up and up, I would say, man, I'm having a tough time. And he'd say, I know what you're feeling. Let's pray. We would pray together and we would cry. And we would take a deep breath and we'd be smiling when everyone else comes in. He'd share his pain, his life pains with me. In both cases, 
I can tell you that these men have a commitment to not just God himself, but to the growth and the transformation and expansion of God's work here. And that's why they are being installed as deacons. I'm going to read something very quickly, scripture. Acts 6, 1 through 6. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, folks in the church that thought the folks mostly connected to the leaders ethnically were getting too much attention to the lack of attention for the Hellenists. Because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution of food, then the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. We have not heard or seen anything close to them messing around. We don't know everybody's life in detail, but we've seen enough to believe. Therefore, brethren, seek out men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continuously the prayer and ministry of the word saying, please the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost, Philip, Porchorus, Nicanor, no, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, who they set before the apostles, and they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Second, 1 Timothy 3, 18, 8. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double or forked out, not given to wine, much wine, greedy about money, holding the mystery of faith with a pure conscience. But let these first be tested. Let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, their wives must be reverent. Not slanderers, gossipers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be husbands of one wife, ruling their children, their own homes well. For those served well as deacons obtained themselves a good standing, great boldness and faith, which is Christ Jesus. 
keeping with what it takes to be a good leader. I want to ask the wives of these gentlemen. Miss Angela. Jacob's to come forward. Yeah. Miss Christine. Uh, Stephanie. Responsibilities will be more specific. Their directives will be more intentional so that each leader that comes before you, you will absolutely know when you talk to them what area of ministry they are quite responsible for. And if they're not, they will connect you to whoever is responsible. Would you stand, everyone? I'm going to ask the other deacons, Deacon June Jones, Deacon Ivory, Deacon uh, Allen. If you want, Allen, you can come before you can stay there. Uh, I'd like uh, Deacon uh, Ivory. You can come up. Up to June, would you come up here? As an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God, you've got two ordained leaders that you don't hear much about, but I respect and honor them very well. Like my sister. God is taking us. 
that's going to press you. It's going to push you. But it's also going to create excitement in you about the fact that God has chosen you in the same way he has chosen me. I admonish you to be humble, to take ownership of your area, and to walk in power in the name of Jesus. Well, 